Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, this is Dr. Judy Cook, welcoming you to Shrink Wrapped, where you can begin to shrink away some of your problems and find some of the wonderful rapture in this universe. I am so delighted today to have as my guest, Rebecca Pot Fitton, is, who is the author of Wave Rider, A Poetic Journey from Abuse to Wholeness. Rebecca has written this as a part of her journey away from very early childhood sexual abuse. And it's important for us to know that in spite of that, she's a woman who achieved a very wonderful professional career. She had a college degree uh, from Cuyahoga College and then got an MA in international relations and pursued that career for a while. And then got her MBA and worked intensely in healthcare in Ohio, which is not very surprising for people who undergo uh, psychological trauma uh, as they turn around and try to help other people uh, go through the journey uh, that they have survived themselves and, and pass on those lessons. So, Rebecca, I, I found that your, your book was very interesting and, and very revealing, uh, even though the amount of stuff that you, you wrote uh, was, was rather sparse and most of what you put was into your poems. Uh, and I find myself wanting to read a whole lot more uh, about what you've done. And, and I would recommend immediately to everybody after this interview that you also go to Rebecca's website, which is Rebecca Pot Fitton, uh, and go to her YouTube video about this whole situation because it's again very uh, informative. So, Rebecca, welcome to the show. Uh, Good I'm morning, so Judy. So looking forward to this. So, this is part of your healing journey, and what really got you started recognizing that you had this problem? and that you needed to get help? Well, the problem that I recognized that I had um, in my childhood and also adulthood was that I was fearlessly anxious and depressed. And it was um, destabilizing and... At oftentimes, I just froze. I couldn't respond. Um, when uh, there was my sexual abuse, um, I remember watching uh, the scene from the ceiling, and my emotions separated from the rest of me, and it took me decades to 
uh, reincorporate those emotions. So it, it go ahead. Uh, it was a hard. It was a hard life just living in your head. Did you also for a while separate from your memories of your childhood, or were they always? There? I have almost no memory of my childhood. And, and I'm um, sure you know that's very typical. Right. Um, and uh, so that's just the way it is. And, uh, and in fact, for a lot of my adulthood, I don't have any memory. So uh, I think living in the moment is what I need to do. I noticed you mentioned that you also uh, lived in your head a lot, at least until you got to Santa Fe. Right. As a way of probably avoiding and compensating. Well, it's how I negotiated my life. Um, I was lucky, lucky enough to get an education. I was lucky enough to have some successful careers. And that's how I felt as if I had some control on my, over my life. And I uh, was successful in that area. Um, but I was dramatically unsuccessful in, uh, any emotional relationships. So tell me about that. And let's start actually with your childhood, uh, and the memories you have of that, your family breaking up and, uh, living with your uncle and that whole course of events. Um, be happy to. Uh, when I was one and a half, my father left my mother and me, and uh, by the time I was two, uh, we went to live with my aunt and uncle and three cousins. And um, uh, we were there for three years, and I'm sure it was more than they had expected. When we got the invitation, <laughs> um, but what I learned um, years later is that uh, it was my uncle who had sexually abused me. Huh? I have always remembered that flying to the ceiling scene, but I, my story was that. I walked in on him, uh-huh. and it was my fault. And uh-huh. years later, I realized I did not walk on it, in on him. He called me at the age of two. And so it started. And there were a number of um, encounters. Uh-huh. And... Um, it truly affected all of my life. Uh, the first thing that's noticeable is that I have halting speech. And if you think it's halting now, (laughs) uh, (laughs) a long time ago, it was way worse. And, uh, so it was a difficult journey. I had lots of challenges. Um, with anxiety and depression and just feeling as if I didn't belong. And uh, I know a lot of 
children feel that way, uh, and I did too. Absolutely. Uh, it's a very, very tough uh, feeling. So you finally got out of there when you were about five. Correct. And how did that happen? My mother remarried, huh? and so we moved to our own apartment and then house. And uh, along came my brother and sister. And um, again, it was while uh, the ethos of the family is that we were one family, I didn't feel that way. I always felt that I was the odd one out. And um, so... That's just how I felt. And uh, so my mother uh, and uh, her fa- and my father uh, did the best they can. They did really well in terms of providing, you know, shelter and food. Uh-huh. But there wasn't the nurturing, uh, the love, the bonding uh, that really makes uh, children thrive. Okay. Were there any problems with your stepfather? Because those are frequently perpetrators as well. No. Um, he was very uh, strict and stern, um, but uh, he never violated me in any way. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, I was lucky. Now, you mentioned somewhere that your mother, I think, basically totally rejected you, maybe kicked you out of the house or something. What was that about? Well, it was, um, actually, it was at the time when I was finishing my first master's degree, and I was going uh, to school at the University of Delaware and living, you know, in in a, a room, And then the room was not available for the summer when I was going to write my thesis. And so uh, she came over one day and said, you cannot come home. And so I didn't. I never did again. And so actually, I went back to my aunt and uncle's um, and uh, stayed there for the summer, wrote my thesis. Um, and then got a job in an apartment. Wow. Now, your family wasn't very affluent, so how did you manage to go to college? Well, for college, uh, I was very lucky. My grandfather paid for my education. Wow. And then uh, for my master's degree, I got a scholarship at the University of Delaware, and then for my MBA, uh, I <clears throat> pulled out my retirement funds and <clears throat> excuse me, and, re- and okay. paid for it that way. <laughs> Good for you. So you had a lot of determination to move on from that life that had messed you up. Yes. Uh, you and mentioned- I did it the only way I could, which was through education, through work, until finally... That didn't work anymore. As you were going through this education and your work, 
you must have gotten some sense of some of these abusive things, not just sexual, but other that a lot of people go through in life. Uh, how did that impact you? Well, um, I never talked very much about my life, and <laughs> now I know why, um, <laughs> because there, you know, there wasn't anything good to talk, particularly good for me to talk about, okay. and uh, so I didn't share really with anybody about my life and um, the difficulties I was feeling um, because it was I should just, you know, handle it or everybody must feel this way. Mm -hmm. And uh, nobody was feeling this way. Okay. So, um, so I just uh, worked hard at whatever I did and uh, plowed right through. Okay. We both realize that relationships are a big issue for people who have been abused and even for people who are, are depressed. Uh, and... Uh, in addition, just for educational purposes, a lot of people, most people who've been abused go to one extreme or the other. They're either hypersexual or they almost become a nun, uh, either of which really kind of interferes with their relationships. But so does the mood stuff. And you've mentioned that you had problems with your relationships. So tell me a bit about that. Well, my relationships... Um... Because I uh, I didn't know how broken I was, um, my relationships were always superficial, and uh, I also attracted people who were um, not helpful for me. Okay. You know, they were... Uh, while none of them was physically abusive, I think they were all mentally or emotionally abusive. So um, I just attract attracted uh, what I was used to. So then you went through two divorces. Yes. And then you married Richard. Was he your third husband? Yes, he was. And how long were you married to him? Uh, I was married to him for uh, three years, just over three years, and then he died suddenly. Was that a good enough relationship that that was really stressful for you, too? Well, it was stressful, but it was my best relationship. Okay. Okay. And I had also done more um, self-help work and more therapy than with the other two. So when did you actually start into any kind of therapy and why? Well, I started um, when I was about 40. Mm -hmm. And I started when I knew I was going to, to uh, I needed to leave my second husband. Mm -hmm. 
because it was just so emotionally distressing for me. And so that popped me right into therapy. And um, uh, then the journey began. And it began by saying, you know, this is, uh, this is what's going on. This is, you know, this is the problem. And then, you know, pretty clearly it, you know, you need to look at yourself rather than others. And um, the hard work began. Darn these therapists that tell you, you got to look at yourself, huh? Right. <laughs> but that is where the journey is. So when did you start recognizing in that process that something bad had happened in your childhood? Well, um, my first psychologist uh, at one time said to me, um, something happened before you could speak. And it was very serious. And I don't expect um, and I don't think that it's to your best interest that you find out what that is. And so that was like a big key. I mean, I'd been talking about all kinds of things, but he clearly uh, thought that there was an underpinning. And so as I moved to my next therapist, who actually specializes in uh, trauma, mm-hmm. um you know, that was the mouth hole we went down. Okay. And so by that time, you had been prepared a bit, and I bet we're more ready to work on that. Uh, yes, but it still took a long time. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, it's a lifetime journey. Gonna, <laughs> yes, I know that. <laughs> you're going to continue learning until the, the day you die. Yes. Uh, and you may still uncover some things that you didn't know were there and maybe you even wish weren't there. So welcome to that world. But it's so much better to, to learn and, and, and grow than to keep it stuffed down and, and really hurting. I'm just curious, did your depression ever get so bad that you felt suicidal? No. Okay. Um, because that I would. Uh, I went through a long period when... Uh, you know, all I could put on were, you know, jeans and sweatshirts and um, slept most of my life, but I never felt suicidal. That's, that's a real blessing. Let's take a brief break and then we will be back. We are interviewing Rebecca Potfitten, author of Wave Rider. And when we come back, we will have more discussion of her journey through therapy into wellness, and to where she's going in the future. You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN Podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com. Shrinkwrapped, where we will continue our exciting journey with Rebecca Potfitten, author of 
wave rider. Looking back, do you wish you'd figured out enough to get into therapy earlier? Well, yes, I do. But, um, you know, I just can't have any regrets about that. Right. Because, you know, things happen when they happen. Yes. And, you know, when you're ready, the teacher will come. Absolutely. So you got into therapy, uh, and then I guess you got married yet again. So mm-hmm. tell me about that journey as you were going through therapy and, and just some of the things that you uncovered and learned that were important to you besides that rat hole of realizing that you had been abused. Well, um, I realized that um, my mother did not treat me well. Um, I realized that she never bonded with me, and in fact, she was incapable of bonding with any of us. Okay. And um, my sister still suffers from that. And my brother was able uh, to find a surrogate in our uh, next-door neighbor who was a college student when he was born. And so when he came home from the hospital, he landed on her chest and stayed there. So he bonded with her and um, has been able to live a pretty uh, reasonable life. So I learned things um, about, you know, my my parents and why and how I did things uh, so that I could understand um, what, you know, precipitated certain decisions and actions on my part. And it was really helpful. And I felt that the experience was a spiral, um, like you talk for a while and you recover, uncover some ahas, uh-huh. and then you sort of plateau for a while, and then you start spiraling again. And... Um, so it was not a linear progression for me. I'm not sure it's a linear progression for anybody. It's not. But um, uh, so there was there was a cycle and there was a rhythm. Have you had the opportunity yet to look at your mother's dynamics and how she got to where she was? Um. Uh, yes, I have, and um, you know I don't have any you know animosity or any ill feelings toward her. I just don't have any feelings toward her, and, and that's understandable. I just know even from my own experience that when I was able to look back at my parents and how they grew up. Uh, it gave me a lot of understanding about how they did what they did or didn't do with right. me because of all of that. Uh, and I know that one of the things that's very common in someone who's been abused that that is that that is in some way a pass down. Was there any of that for your mother? 
I'm uh, sorry. Her family, that, that, that somehow there was abuse uh, to, you know, parent. I mean, it was her brother that abused you, right? Her brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, okay. Yes. Okay. So um, was... I don't know if she were sexually abused. Uh, I do know she had difficulty as a child with physical illness. Um, and, um, so that's about all I can say. Okay. Now you went on from these unsuccessful marriages and was it between your marriages that you went on and got your MBA or did you do that? When, when did you do that? I did that before. Okay. And when, when did you marry Richard and how did things go at that point? Uh, I married Richard in 2000, uh-huh. and actually things went pretty well. Um, we uh, built a home, and um, uh, I was in the best relationship I had ever been. You know, there were still stresses and strains, um, but it was the best I had ever been in. So that therapy was paying off and helping you get into a better relationship and navigate better? Yes. Okay. And I understand that his death was yet another, I guess, lightning strike to get you to move on even further uh, to the next step. Can you tell me a bit about that? Uh, yes. Um, uh Richard died suddenly and unexpectedly. And we had gone out for breakfast, and uh, he wasn't feeling really well, and so he thought he would just go in and take a nap. And he did, and he never woke up. And when I went in to wake him, uh, he was... He was gone. That had to be quite a shock. That was a huge shock. Um, And it was his leaving. But also for me, it was like the leaving of all the men in my life. And so there was a lot wrapped up in that. And that but I, I was clearly in crisis. Huh? I went immediately to my psychologist. And, um, and that's the time when I really started multiple uh, disciplines for huh? healing. Uh, massage therapy, energy work, um, you know, chiropractic. Uh, I worked with a medical intuitive, so I really had a broad range of helpers. Did you start that when you were still in Ohio or after you went to yes. Santa Fe? Okay. So what what happened that you wound up going to Santa Fe and then deciding to move there? Well, I went, I had gone to Santa Fe two years prior to my moving, and I just really loved the city. Uh, It's at human scale. 
Uh, there's nothing quite like it. Uh, the buildings are all adobe. They're, uh, except for just a few, they're no higher than two stories. So they're at human scale, and you feel really close to the earth here. Huh? And uh, so uh, one weekend, I was supposed to go to a board meeting, and I decided I don't want to go to this board meeting, and I want to go to Santa Fe. And so I got on a plane, and then I found a house that I am living in now. And it was, it took me 24 hours to figure out I didn't have to move, you know, wait to move. I could move now. And part of the decision to move and the timing was that I was caregiving for my mother. I had been caregiving for her for two years in Ohio, and then I did for three years here in Santa Fe. Wow. That must have been tough for you with the relationship that you had. Yes, it was very tough. But um, I felt as if it was my responsibility. And has she passed on now? Yes, she has. Okay. And are you at peace with that? Yes. Good. Good. So did you try another whole array of therapies when you went to Santa Fe? Uh, you betcha. <laughs> uh, the, um, the healing community is quite extensive here. And uh, it was actually my MD uh, who suggested that I see a psychologist here. And she worked with me for uh, a few months, not very long. And then she said, I can't do anything more with you. And she did EMDR and all the stuff. And she said, but this is who I think you ought to see. And so that's how the progression of my healers came to be. And uh, I have, you know, I don't have a guru healer. Uh Uh, I have just had multiple healers that come in with the right gifts at the right time for my journey. That's wonderful. And and it's it's good for people to realize that sometimes they need different kinds of therapy or or multiple kinds of therapy sometimes at the same time. Right. Uh, Did you do some body work uh, as well when you were doing that? Oh, yes. I have, uh, uh, I have a quite spectacular massage therapist. And what did that help loosen up for you? Well, um, because um, our bodies capture uh, everything that we do, uh, my body had captured my trauma. And so it was part of the releasing. And I don't think that just having therapy, you know, talk therapy, would have put me in the same place if I had not done physical work. And um, because because it's just caught in your body. And um, so it was really helpful. 
It can really help uh, suddenly break loose things and, and kind of uh, open the floodgates to, to work on yes. more stuff. Yes. So you got into your expressive stuff, your writing poetry, uh, after you went to Santa Fe, is that right? That's correct. I was here for about a year, and then all of a sudden I started writing poetry. Now, I had written, you know, documents and reports, uh, but I had never done any creative writing. And uh, I wrote when the poems came to me, and most of them came in the middle of the night. Wow. So I didn't have, I didn't sit down and say, I'm, you know, I'm going to write, I'm going to write a book. You know, I did everything kind of backwards. <laughs> I just started to write the, the poems, and then I put the poems away for about a year. And finally, I made the uh, realization that my poetry really does capture my journey. And so I started to organize it um, as it came out in the book into four different sections. And so that there, uh, you could find a storyline. And um, then I found a publisher and he suggested that, you know, I write uh, a prose introduction to each of the sections. And I did, and the book came together. But there was never any intent to write a book. And the important decision for me in my healing process was to realize that uh, I had successfully um, taken this journey and that it would be helpful to others to know that they are not alone and that many people um, have uh, difficult journeys because of trauma, and it could be any kind of trauma, and that this would be a success story, um, that they could find... Uh, healing for themselves. The light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So tell people how you came upon the title of Wave Rider. Uh, I had written a poem called Wave Rider, and as I was organizing uh, my book, I, um, I had a couple of titles before that. But then when I was organizing my book, I really felt as if uh, the poem Wave Rider uh, succinctly defined my journey better than any other of the poems. And so it went from a title of a poem to the title of my book. And give a little bit more of that description that you gave because you, you gave a very eloquent description on on the YouTube video of what it represented for you. Well I think that um you know we're kind of always tottering 
and that the waves symbolize um, that you can be taken down, but you can also be brought up. And uh, it was just uh, a really fine metaphor for my journey because, as I had said before, it was never linear. And, uh, and I think everybody in life has ups and downs. Uh-huh. And so that's why the wave just um, was very important for me. Would you like me to read the poem? Sure. Okay. Wave Rider. I ride the crest of the wave of the new earth. The waters of Gaia are her blood, and I taste her sacrament. I ride the wave of my own recreation, challenging my assumptions and beliefs of who I am. My rope behavior and automatic responses transform into reflection and new choices. My spirit knows freedom. I am not who I have been. I don't know who I will be other than the wave rider alive on the edge of the new earth. That's beautiful. Thank you. Really succinct uh, speaking about your your journey. I'm curious, are you considering writing a longer prose autobiographical work? Because as I'm seeing and hearing your history, I think that would be uh, also extremely helpful to people. Well, I do. uh, I have been told by those who know more than I, um, that I will be writing at least one more book, maybe two. Um, and so I don't know. I'm not quite sure what it will be. I do not think it will be poetry. Um, but uh, how that might come in about in terms of, you know, my life journey, I just don't know at this time. But I do know I'll be writing. Yeah. You, you write very beautifully. You, you put a lot of stuff very succinctly, uh, but but you write beautifully. You really express what you've gone through beautifully. And, and I think it's just so, so important uh, that people be educated about the experience, the feelings, the process, the, the hope on the other end. And all the ways we can do that are are just so, so important. So I really, really encourage you to do that. Uh, you just have so much to offer. I noticed well, that you. you you are getting out and doing some speaking. Tell me about yeah. that. Um, well, I've had a couple of uh, engagements here in Santa Fe, but uh, since times have changed, uh, most of my uh, interviews uh, have been on podcasts like uh-huh. this one, uh-huh. and uh, so it's a new world. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> at, but it you know it's uh, it's easier than you know tra- traveling around the country, and so um, this works for me really well. I bet you'd be willing to travel a bit as well if you've got a. A proper opportunity. Oh, absolutely. 
Now you're you're also doing some some blogs on your website, and and I think that's another wonderful way that you can can help people and teach them. Right. Uh, I I noticed that you you were mentioning that with all you've done in Santa Fe, you're ready now to return to Pennsylvania, is it, and be with family? Yes. Um, I will. Uh, the reason I am leaving Santa Fe is because of uh, the elevation. Uh, uh, Santa Fe is at 7,000 feet, and the air is light and it is dry. And uh, I have been here nine years, uh, but this year has been particularly difficult for me to get a full breath. And so over the 4th of July weekend, I went back east. And sure enough, I could breathe. <laughs> so <clears throat> that did not uh, take a rocket scientist to figure that out. And so uh, I have sold my house, and I will be moving in three weeks. Um, and I will be uh, about a half hour from my hometown, and I'll have cousins around, and my sister won't be too far away. And so you're looking forward to being back there with them? Yes, I am. And uh, uh, Santa Fe has just been fabulous for me in terms of uh, finally in my life being able to uh, have very deep, profound friendships uh, with many people. and. Um, it just feels so good for me here, uh, and but I need to take care of my breath. Just as an aside, with you having that onset of intolerance to altitude in the air, have you had your thyroid checked of late? Yes. And it's okay? Yes. All right, because that can cause that issue for, for some people. So... Let's sum up with you kind of summarizing what is the most important message that you would like to get out to people about this whole experience. Well, there are actually two most important points. The first is that healing is a journey. And as you said earlier, it takes your whole life. And so, you know, not to be uh, concerned, you know, if you don't find a magic bullet, because there are no magic bullets. Why um, is that ever the truth? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and for me, uh, what was most important was when I learned that I could only heal myself that I had to be 100% in the process. And while I talked with therapists, while I had massage, I knew that I would not heal unless I took charge of the journey. And I did, um, and I'm glad I did. You mentioned that it helped you get out of the victim mode. 
Right. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, um, at least in this culture, there's a lot of blaming of others. And um, so that's just kind of what we do. Um, but while things happen to us, it's really our response uh, to whatever happens to us um, that creates the person we are. And so eventually, if you're on this journey long enough and sincere enough and you take responsibility for your healing, um, then you really aren't a victim. And that excuse disappears. And, and that Everything is shifts. Such a wonderful lesson. When you learn to accept yourself for who you are and accept others for who they are and that they do because they're them, not because you're you, uh, it makes it much easier to be at peace with yourself and at peace with the world. And that's so much better a place to be. And you become a victim no more. That's correct. So congratulations on your journey. Thank uh, you so much. Both in the past and from here. Uh, it's been a tremendous delight talking to you. And uh, I certainly wish you well on your journey from here. And I hope you will keep me posted on on what you're doing uh, as you move along with your other writings. Thank you so much, and I'll let you know when the book's published. All right. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Dr. Judy Cook. If you wish to contact me or access more of my information, go to www.godaughterjudy.com. For now, this is Shrink Wrapped signing off and wishing you a wonderful, rapturous day. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN Podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.